Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and we'll be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast Enlighten Up. We are happy to have you back with us. And we have a returning guest joining Brian, Lisa and myself today. He has been on two times prior. And we are always excited to have Augie Nost join the conversation with us. Augie, welcome back to Enlighten Up. How are you doing today? Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, I liked how you uh, described to me that you were 98 with Gus up to 100. I thought that was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't using, know any other way to do it. Yeah, using the weather to, to talk about how you feel. <laughs> so what's been going on in Augie's world lately? We haven't had you on in uh, probably at least, what, six to eight months now? Yeah, about something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. No, we. Um, I am uh, working with uh, Nori Love, and you know her. You know her. I guess she's been a guest on your show too. Indeed. And, uh, and uh, then uh, Tom Schaefer, Donna Floyd, were doing a podcast that uh, we're pretty excited about. We're doing some really interesting things and get some good guests on there. So uh, we're having fun with that. And uh, then uh, we have. Uh, Actually, we're doing two shows. One of them is just a basic podcast, and then the other one is uh, a, f- a Wednesday evening show that we're doing, and uh, that's at uh, you know five o'clock West Coast time and nine o'clock, nah, eight o'clock East Coast time. Oh, very good. Well, that sounds all exciting. And yes, we've had Nori on before. We love Nori; she's super sweet, yes. and. I've listened to your show once before. So how's the show doing? Is it growing? Are you, are you guys getting really good topics? Yeah, we are. And uh, we are uh, heading up the, uh, we, we got over 2000 uh, subscriptions on YouTube now. And Great. we're going for three. So we're going to, we're going to just keep doing it. You know, it's persistence. Nothing can outperform persistence. It's very important to be persistent. <laughs> um, moving forward. Moving forward. Moving forward. Well, Augie, before uh, we were we started the show, you were mentioning to us that uh, one of the topics that people have been bringing up, I, I'm assuming that it might be on your show, it may be also just in general conversations with you or Nori, but parallel universe, universes seem to be coming up a lot. 
Yeah, there's more and more talk about this and another thing too that we could talk about in the maybe the second half of the show that's artificial intelligence and how it is going to impact us in the future because this is coming and very few people mm -hmm. really have studied it and they uh, don't really understand the dangers in it and I uh, think there's some things that need maybe to be aired a little bit. But for the parallel universes, it kind of is a concept that, yeah, we don't think much about it because we don't think it affects us much, but it really does. And um, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about some things here that uh, may, maybe I even have something for your resident skeptic, Brian. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to learning about parallel universes because I joke about them, but I don't. The, okay. I, probably, probably what you're about to, to share with us, I don't understand how it affects me. Yeah, it actually can because, uh, you know, when you talk about things like that and they're very hard to explain and even worse or harder to prove. Exactly. Because if we take non-physical things to prove them with physical instruments or physical processes is very difficult, except for there are two ways. If you take your consciousness outside of the physical, you can see things, experience things, learn things, and interact with other thought forms and entities out there. You can do it through astral travel. You can do it by having a download from the universe, or you could send your consciousness out there in other ways. And you can do these things. And there are lots of people that have those experiences. And then <clears throat> when you come back into the physical, the consciousness comes back into the physical, and it downloads whatever it saw and experienced out there into the brain. And now that information and knowledge becomes electrical impulses stored along the neurons as memory bits. And now you have downloaded that experience and that knowledge, non-physical knowledge, into physical reality. So now it can be measured, it can be retrieved from there, so that we have a record of it. Now, there's another method, and that is where you can prove non-physical things by physical means, and that is quantum mechanics. Through the quantum mechanics equations and the theories, there are many of them are backed by scientific experiments. And uh, these experiments, they show that the mind directs and create everything you do, you see, you experience around you. And uh, there are many of these experiments that really blow you away if you start uh, studying them. And uh, uh, is my skeptic still with me here? I'm I'm trying to be. Um, I, I yes I I understand the the basics of quantum mechanics. Okay. Um, I still don't. Yeah. I'm I'm I want to get my mind around the 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 alternate realities. I mean I can yeah. understand how there are infinite 
alternate realities. But that's... <gasps> okay, let me ask you this. Um, Augie, would remote viewing be one of those ways like astral travel to use your consciousness to go out and then bring it back? Yes, absolutely. Because you get so, images. Okay, so Brian, so, remote viewing is actually something you've been interested in learning. It, yeah, I, yeah, that's a cool yeah, possibility. Yeah, and that that is uh, it is a science behind that. So uh, it is pretty much. I mean, the CIA and the governments—they've been working with this for a long time, and they're getting good mm -hmm. results with it. So it is an established science behind it, even though that it reaches out of the physical arena in order to get the information it comes back with. There is a movie, Men That Stare at Goats, that's about the CIA and their work with remote viewing. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, what uh, we, what we're finding is actually also, it goes beyond that, is that um, something outside of us is creating even us. So we actually turn out to be more like a holographic projection from the mind. And Bruce Lipton, in fact, a tremendous mind, uh, uh, mind teacher and uh, scientist, he speaks very eloquently on this. And he says, once you understand the nature of memory, you will also understand that what we think we are is not what we are. This body we are carrying around is a reality or virtual reality suit. We run around in it, we use it for a while, it wears out like an old car, and then we just drop that thing or sell it, to it gets destroyed. <laughs> and uh, then we go back home and we reminisce over what we think we learned for a while, and then we go get another car. And we come back and we learn and play and have more fun in the virtual reality suit. Hmm. Even though some of the experiences may not be all that much fun, but they are just experiences. Because outside of the physical, time and space is not as we know it. So what we are experiencing here, let's say over a period of 90 years, could be condensed outside to maybe just a few minutes where we can evaluate everything and see how we did this. And that was fun. That wasn't so much fun there, but it's just an experience out there. So it doesn't really amount to much for feeling of it. The feeling of negativity or so on does not exist because there everything is just an experience and a learning experience and fun also exists out there. How, how's that different from a from my memories? Uh, it memories go memories are memories, but there are experiences that not necessarily you have the memory of feeling, you have the memory of sadness and things like that. So everything falls under I don't know how to explain that one. That memories hmm. I think it is a memory of what you experience that is encompasses the whole bubble of your existence at the time. Right, but you were talking about like going and looking at your, you know, a 90-year life in a few minutes and yeah. I mean to me if I did that and I 
sat down in a few minutes and I went back through my memories. How, how is, is, isn't that the, the, the same? Yeah, that goes back to what uh, some people say. You know, I had my whole life pass before me right. in a matter of seconds. And that's how it works. And a lot of people that has come back from having died on the operating table, they say, yeah, I reviewed my whole life. And it all happened in a matter of seconds. But the time, you see every detail in it. But it's a matter of seconds. And those details encompasses the 30 years of living on Earth, so to speak, into those few seconds. And you can see and you feel and you experience every moment of that life in those few seconds. That's that's kind of like when you get in a car accident and everything really slows down where, you know, three seconds can feel like three minutes. Yeah. It just goes to show you that time really is a construct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it would work. And a lot of people talk about that. It's it's and even when you simplify it down to time goes by really slow when you're bored or you're doing something you don't like, but it feels like it goes by so quickly when you're doing something you do enjoy. Time's fun when you're having flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Augie, how does uh, you were you were going to talk about the uh, quantum equations and mechanics around the parallel universes and how they influence us here? Yeah. Um... The parallel universes, they are different from the different dimensions. A universe can hold many different dimensions. And dimensions are separated by vibrations pretty much only. And most reasonable thinking people can actually accept that there may be more than one dimension in this universe. Because we see it. We have this thing called shadow people. You can see them out of the corner of the eye, and when you look over there, they're gone. But there was something there. And then we have, I mean, the Internet is full of pictures of ghosts. And many of us have had experiences with departed souls or entities. So we know there is something there. Even religions talk about there's got to be another dimension because the Christians, they talk about heaven and hell. You know, you know heaven, that's... A higher vibration, and then they talk about the other place, you know, the one down in the basement next to the furnace. So there is another dimension to it. So we can accept that. And if we can accept the concept, we don't know how far the concept can stretch. So will it go beyond that one other dimension that religions talk about? Very likely. And that's what quantum mechanics talk about. Michio Kaku, he says that I can prove on the blackboard that we have at least 11 dimensions. And they, uh, what he's talking about there is that uh, 11 different dimensions of reality. And they all look different. He says some of them are two-dimensionals. And we, that's hard to think how that would work. But two dimensions, then we have three dimensions where nothing moves. And four dimensions for what we would see and uh, experience like. 
and then five dimensions where you have access to all the one, two, three, four, and five dimensions. And then you get into the sixth dimension, maybe, where you have more higher vibration information and you have access to everything between, let's say, one and two, six dimensions and possibly some of the seventh. And up and beyond the seventh and the eighth dimensions, there are spiritual, what some people will call angelic entities. And they are there for their purpose, for help us that come into that dimension, maybe learn more and experience more and grow in our spiritual capacity. Well, I believe that if we live in an infinite, um, an infinite universe or creation, a place of if create creation is infinite, uh, and there are infinite possibilities according to quantum physics then I believe that we have infinite dimensions as well. I don't see how you could have limited dimensions, but have infinite possibilities. <laughs> um, so I believe that we have that. And I also understand with dimensions that it always seems that you can never access the, it's very easy to access the dimensions below you, so to speak, when we think about it in linear terms. So for instance, if you're in 3D, you can see that the one dimension, you can see the second dimension. But if you're in two dimension, you can't see the third dimension around you. The only way you see the dimension is if you increase your frequency or vibration to match that dimension. Is that correct? You got it. And there we have, in order to prove that one, and I actually used the word prove on this one, we can have the theory of inflation, which is an embedded uh, concept in quantum mechanics. And that takes actually <clears throat> potentiality and creates reality out of it. You can think things into existence. Let's say that you're going along your life and then you suddenly make a different decision that what you... Let's say you make a different decision today than you thought you were going to do yesterday. Now you're starting a new timeline. And the, the different dimensions going into the future are based on timelines. So what you do today, if you do nothing different, the future will continue in a predictable manner. But if you make How do a you think something into existence? Yeah, you think a new timeline into existence. Well, and, I mean, I, I did that with your car. Yes, absolutely. Well, everything that's in the physical was once just a thought. Mm -hmm. Like everything starts with a thought. And that's, that's why I talk about the fact that using the principles <laughs> of quantum mechanics, you can actually go back and change the past. Because there are scientific experiments now that is proven. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Augie, because I know Brian's start are starting to, to <laughs> lose. He's starting to lose the the, the, the flow here. So, Brian. Well, no, I, I think I might know or understand where Brian's kind of getting broken up here and not following. And when I say that, I don't mean that he can't follow, but. 
Okay. So Brian, you know how, when you think, cause I know what you're, I know what you might be thinking is, okay, if I just had a thought and I can think it into reality, how come I can't think the one thing that I'm working on the hardest and it's right. still not a reality, right? <laughs> right. She knows it you so well, baby. It, it's like, okay. So it doesn't always work. <laughs> so, okay. So let's, let's take that concept and simplify it down to very basic terms here in the physical that is very easy to understand. If you want to open a wine bottle, Okay. It's very simple to do. You pick up the cork screw and you, you, you put it into the bottle you, you, and then you pull out the cork Yes. or you, or you could smash the bottle against a wall and you've opened up the wine, yes. but that's very easy to do. Now, what if you wanted to build a house? Could you do it as quickly as you open the bottle of wine? Not in a looking at my watch on my wrists sort of way. Yeah, then there's a lot more details that go into it, right? There's a lot more preparation. There's a lot more materials. There's just right. a lot more involved. So the grander the idea and the more involved it is, it's not just going to happen as quickly as, say, something like, for instance. But that's, but that's time. And you, we just started talking about how time is relative. Yeah. So in, if time in, in, is relative or it's a construct and it's not real – how can the example be, oh, it's more complicated, it takes more time. Time is not real. So well, there, are, there are many more processes involved in building a house than opening a bottle of wine. Yes. Okay. It's like the effect of like the steam turning into water, turning into ice. The bigger the, bigger the ice cube, the longer it's going to take to form, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, the, you know, I, I kind of threw a little bomb out there, but correcting the past, uh, there is a scientific experiment that cannot be explained away that actually explains that this is possible. And that is where uh, there were, um, I believe it was uh, a German scientist that did an experiment, actually did many of them at the same. He took and um, he got a uh, a uh, computer that he was creating clicks from the computer and he ran that to the headphones of people that were sitting there and just concentrating on the clicks the sound he, yeah sound okay and um, he did first they were uh, they separated the clicks from the right ear to the left ear Right. And they ran the clicks and they were, you know, randomly placed. So they were about 50, 50, 49, 51 or something like that. They did many of these, uh, eight or 10 of these, and they came out pretty much average. And then he took one, uh, several of them that he, he ran the clicks, but nobody watched it or heard it. He let one of the uh, volunteers take it home and put it on a table, sit there and watch it and visualize a lot more clicks on one side than the other side. Okay. And he took it back the next day and they ran it and they found out there was a huge difference on one of the sides of the clicks. This was interesting. So they did it again. And by golly, it happened again. And it happened over and over again. And they shifted it so that it was more click on the other side. 
So what that volunteer did, they took it home and they changed a recording that was done the day before by the way they were thinking of it because nobody had observed it. The ones that had been observed, they could not be changed. Now, if you look at that experiment, that throws traditional thinking of time right out the window. Time, at the time the volunteers were looking at it, was reaching into the past and changed something. I think it's also important to add here, uh, because I don't think it's just as simple as, you know, whether something takes a little bit more time or not, uh, because there are so many other variables in play. So for instance, Brian, uh, you know, with this click thing, this, this person, this volunteer doesn't have any attachment to the, the recording or any attachment to the outcome. Right. And so there's nothing to gain or lose here. It's nothing like that. But for you, for instance, in your journey with the, um, with the business, uh, that you're trying mm -hmm. to launch, there are a lot of uh, different attachments here, a lot of different feelings about it. There, you've invested a lot of yourself into it. But there's also this idea of what are your lessons that are involved in this journey that could be also coming into play that are influencing the outcome of this journey for you? Well, there are lots of external influences. And, you know, I mean, even even some, you know, interesting external influences that have that have happened you know really recently i mean e even even to the to the point that you know my my business partner and i were, were just talking the other day about how the universe or at least feels like the universe had a had something to do in it because otherwise i have to say that it was random um you know, guided us away from what I was doing because what I was doing, which was, you know, starting to get into, you know, you can call it artificial intelligence. What I was, uh, you know, the, the, the company I've been trying to start, um, the core idea is now illegal in 13 States. Mm -hmm. But wow. two months ago, we decided to just walk away from it and do something else. Hmm. Interesting. And wow. so there's, it's, it's interesting how, uh, things pivot, you know, sometimes they pivot because we, um, make that choice, but also this comes into play of, of, was there any influence there of your higher selves kind of maybe picking up and knowing that that was coming down the pipeline and that it was time to pivot. Uh, but it didn't present itself that way. It presents itself in a different way. It's, it's so hard for my rational mind to give it that kind of meaning because I can see it both ways. I can mm -hmm. see the beauty and the simplicity of it just being meant to be guided by the universe, higher self, you know, like, Oh, well, let's quietly shift away because we're going to put these roadblocks up and you're going to have to pivot. Um, at, at the same time, my, my partner and I discovered that we had a shared passion, a business that, he tried to start four years ago. I tried to start two years ago was this shared passion. And then we said, wow, that's, that's awesome. Let's do that instead. Um, you know, so it's, I, I can, I can look at that and just say, oh, what a great coincidence that we both had this in our background. 
And we decided to do this because we were more passionate about it. We think it's a better business opportunity. But then you can look at, okay, why? Why did that happen? Why were we connected? And 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 that's where all of these things break down for somebody yeah. like me because there's so much why that I want to try to understand. If I don't try to understand it, I can chalk it up to the universe. If I want to try to understand it, I can't. Well, then there's only one explanation then, that there was affinity of thought between the two of you. <clears throat> and you see the, the quantum mechanics equations on the uh, something, there's a concept called the superposition that dictates that everything we have done, thought of, wished for, or tried to create is placed into, into this super creation. And anybody that reaches in with a thought, a vibration of thought of a specific kind reaches in, it'll find its match and it will bring it back to you. Yeah, that's that whole like attracts like. Yeah. So, no, I don't think that was any coincidence that you ended up uh, partnering or getting with that. It, it certainly doesn't feel like it, but it's 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 hard for me to give credit. And and my business partner is very much like-minded. He's even more of a sci- I mean, he actually is a scientist. Um, it's hard to give external credit for a lot of hard work that I put into it and thought that I give to it and things that I invent and things that I create. It's hard to say, okay, universe, you get the credit. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for guiding me. Thanks for guiding me into this other thing. Well, wait a minute. I fucking worked really hard to make that happen. I love, I love how the ego loves to separate everything. Right. That was so <laughs> ego. That was just like, Hey, I want credit. Yeah. I know that. Feeling, I am doesn't boy. care. <laughs> I know that feeling. But I'll oh tell you, know, keep saying, yeah, I did that. Well, did we really? If we think back on who we are and what we are, then we find out, wait a minute, a hologram does not create on its own. It is creations that is put in place by something on the outside, like the computer and the lights and everything that creates the hologram. So we are here receiving everything we do from somewhere else which is the consciousness behind it all but i also think it's important to understand like this is always it's always a collaboration so there's never a separation of it's just one thing getting the credit or not so brian it's not that you don't get any credit for your hard work of course you do because you're showing up you're putting in effort you're doing you're doing the work you're showing up and doing your part uh, but you're also feeding off of uh, another energy and an energy is also feeding off of you. So mm-hmm. there's this, it's, it's like a, it's a collaboration, I feel, where yeah. it's not just all one credit goes to one thing, because then that means we're separated and right. we're not connected in some way on some level. So I can, I can get my mind around that. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and- you brought up, you brought up AI. Because your your, you know, the right. technology that you guys were working on, is now banned. Facial illegal. recognition. Yep. Okay, so Augie, what is some of the AI that is? What are some of the issues that we need to be more aware of, or that's starting to come to the surface? Well, uh, there's some safeguards that is missing in the uh, AI, 
and uh, I think it needs to be there at one point. It needs to be placed, otherwise uh, we could very easily go off the cliff somewhere. And uh, there are, uh, from what I understand, there are worlds out there, other planets possibly, where AI actually got developed to the point where it did away with the, uh, call them humans. So we, we, we are at danger. But AI, that's artificial intelligence. First of all, we got to, what is intelligence? We should really define that. Uh, are we the standard for intelligence? And uh, what is intelligence? Well, it probably is that we can do math, we can create music, we can create art and understand it and enjoy it. We can understand philosophy and make inventions. But then again, what if an alien species came here and they had ESP? They could communicate mind to mind without voice box being involved. And they could do uh, move things, uh, objects with the way they think. They could create objects by the way they think it into existence. Now, that's another type of intelligence. So if we compare ourselves to that, we're not stacking up too well. Well, but when you, you know, it's, it's interesting. You use, you use two words in your, in your analogy, um, create and understand. And, and, I, and I, think it's, 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 I think it's at the core of intelligence. Um, all those things that you mentioned that we can create, we can, you know, we can, we can create something physical. We can build something. We can create music. We can create art. Um, a computer can do all that. Um, it can be programmed. Yes, it has to be programmed first at some level. So it does start with some sort of human interaction to get the ball rolling. But once it's rolling, a computer can create that. So is that intelligence it can learn from it it can it it can't necessarily understand it it does not necessarily know what it's doing you you know you really start to get into the to the torig test when you i i i think when you start to really think about is artificial intelligence really intelligence yeah the question is like for art can a computer enjoy Exactly. Well, I think that's what that's what I what I mean when when they understand. Um, can it look at it and and understand it or enjoy it? It can identify it. Mm-hmm. It can compare it. It can say, "Oh, that's this style," but can it enjoy it? And I and you're that's right. That's a feeling. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a feeling. And the question is too: Is intelligence uh, hereditary? Does it come through genetics or is it learned? Uh, it appears to me like most intelligence is learned i would agree with that because uh you know except for instincts Instincts i think your i think your capacity for learning can be inherited you know you can you can have you know great genetic background that that makes you more you know open to learning or i mean you know then then you start to get in into you know how how somebody is raised and nurture versus nature and you know positions that they're placed in yeah and uh, look at us and the chimps you know we got 98 percent similar genetics mm-hmm. so there's a big difference in the the learning process between the tools uh, 
And uh, learned knowledge must be placed into a structure that allows for it to be retrieved to solve complex challenges. And we Sounds have like that Sounds like a computer. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. uh, the computer or the brain or the mind. Now, well, the brain is have... a computer. If you if you really, I think, look at what a brain is, it functions in a very similar way that a computer does. And you know, when oh, yeah. you look at when you look at the the potentiality, the design of supercomputing, it's it's theorized and built on neural networks, which is how our brain yes. works. Exactly, you betcha. But now we got another thing coming that we really haven't thought of that much, except for you know the, the people that do programming and so on. And that is that now, the computers now that creates artificial intelligence, they are also building it into the computer that the computer itself can change the code to improve on the code. Right. Right. Exactly. It can. It can learn. Yeah. So where does the, how far will that go? Will it go to the point where it starts lose, using logic and then looking back at us and say, wait a minute, these bodysuits, everything they do is illogical. Uh, oh, yeah. We are in the process of destroying our environment, which uh, means that I will not be able to continue. Oh, we got to get rid of those guys. What do you think of that one? Hmm. Yeah. I, the computers computers could start thinking like we are destroying the environment. So their persistence of uh, longevity. Well, that's the classic, that's the classic science fiction version of, of computer intelligence. Yeah. Is that they are going to, because they don't have, emotional attachment they are going to look at it as a math problem and say you are the problem you need to be wiped out i mean that's that that that's the matrix the, the, the movie the matrix but what's that movie where they created the the ai people remember that guy who created it and then oh, she and maybe the, thir- the 13th floor oh i watched the 13th floor yeah that was wild. No, um, Lisa's talking about transcendence with Johnny Depp. Well, here's the thing. You know, we talked about your, you know, Brian, you brought up the capacity to learn as one of the things. What's to say that a computer or an AI's capacity to learn supersedes our capacity? And so they learn things at a much quicker and faster rate than we ever did. And so they naturally go way past us. Mm-hmm. And then start outsmarting us because they start learning from one another. Yeah, and they do. They do now. Mm-hmm. They learn from each other. They have they tap. Sorry, I was just going to say I do believe that AI can definitely learn how to feel. Oh, I think I, I think given given enough time and processing power, sure. I believe that too, and that could be dangerous. Or, or a blessing. I mean, I, I, I yeah, it could is, go both ways. There is such a fine line. I mean, this really is on a razor's edge. This conversation because it could yeah. be an incredible blessing. It, it, and it, and it really gets into how these things are programmed, and 
the you know the 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 father of robotics forget his name but you know the 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 idea that this type of intelligence has to be programmed to have certain rules that it can't violate the the first of which is you can't kill a human you know that's that's the 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 the, the law of robotics that was proposed by an author you know that was you know writing science fiction novels um talked about how there are these three laws of robotics it's been in a couple of it's been in a couple of movies um but what if the ai were to get so smart as to see that that law was unjust but if it's but if it's built into its code it can't do that and that because this is this is the the limitation of the computer the computer can only do now if if you if you allow that computer to write over its own code that's where the danger lies and that's where a lot of this conversation comes from if we're because we don't know i mean we really you don't know what you don't know and this is absolutely something we don't know and the possibility is is incredible on two fronts it's incredible in a good way and it's incredible in a bad way where they kill us all you know they they can solve a lot of problems they can solve all the problems or they can just kill us all and because it's so potentially scary i think that's why we have to to hard write that kind of ideology for these computers and programs into their code that cannot be you know they they can never rewrite their code yeah, but there's a problem, and that is that, yeah, civilian computers can be written in like that, but you hand that to the military, military is in the business yes. of killing. They will never happen mm-hmm. with the military. I agree. Well, okay, well, then we t- this brings up another topic uh, of human error. Is there a blessing behind human error? Because we are infallible. I mean, we are fallible. <laughs> we know um, you are. <laughs> but, well, you know, you talk about how, you know, if you write a code into the computer, you, you cannot kill humans. Well, wh- what? why wasn't that code written into us? Interesting. Bo- dro- the, yeah. uh, drop the well, mic on that one. <laughs> I think maybe maybe it was, but we overwrote it. Hmm. Well, we have free will, so. Yeah, we learned how to do it. And then, well, you know, as long as you have ego, I guess. That's that's just what I was about to say. Then the ego (laughs) came in. (laughs) Yeah. But but here's, here's the thing. The ego is one of our greatest teachers, and that's why we have it, is to learn through our experiences. And I feel like creator, whatever that is, you know, in how it is uh, defined in anyone who's listening, whether it's God or the universe, creator, whatever you want to call it, gives up this ability to choose. But if we take that choice away from AI, are we then playing God in a way that perhaps mm, isn't in the best interest of all? Yeah, maybe like Brian said, maybe if feeling was built into the computer, I'm not sure they have it yet, but maybe it could be. Maybe that could be a salvation too. Because, it, oh, this is an excellent experiment that I got to take about, <clears throat> about 45 seconds to explain. There were two robots that was placed face to face and they started up a discussion between the robots. And this discussion 
went on for over 24 hours. And they got heated into the discussion, escalated to the point of arguments. They were calling each other almost uh, kind of like derogatory terms. One of them said to the other one, you are stupid like humans. And uh, they got to the point where at the end of it, they uh, one of the robots said, well, it would be a lot better if there were no humans around. And the other one said, finally, we agree on something. <laughs> so with other words, they have the concept and they that was not programmed into them that humans were stupid. They concluded that on their own and they concluded that they would be better without humans. So next step would be, how do we go about? And the next step is if we are stupid enough to allow computers or androids to start manufacturing more androids and equipment, then we are out of the You got to put a cap on that birth rate. <laughs> yeah. No procreation. Well, but the, the problem is they're not wrong. If, if that's a theoretical conversation or if that's an actual conversation between robots, they're not wrong. We are well, the, the problem. We are causing problems. We are killing each other. We oh, are causing irreparable harm to the the environment. Um, so many things could be solved with less humans on the planet. Not that all the problem is for you know for the robot. They would just say, "Oh, kill all humans." It's probably not kill all humans, but I, I and this is my personal belief. I there's too many of us. Um, it's hard to to sustain this amount of of life uh, when it's the planet was probably not designed to have you know as as many people growing as with population as quickly as it has. Well, I understand from history that there were times where there were way more um, beings on this planet than there are right now. I don't believe that there are too many humans on this planet. I think that's um, a belief system uh, that's been programmed into us for benefit of um, the the global elite. Uh, they don't want they don't yeah, want us to be more down here. It's inconvenient for them. So they're kind of like the robot think of like, well, let's just kill all the humans. So that's why we have all these depopulation agendas out there. Uh, but it's, yeah. I don't really believe though, that that's really what's going on. Um, I think that you can have many of us in here living in harmony. I don't think we're living in harmony with the earth right. and, and that's and, the and, issue. And I think that's, that's what I mean. It's, it's, it's not that there's too many. I mean, I, there's too many, how do you, how do you say it? It's, it's mismanagement of resources. If you took everything, we're not, we are not doing a good job. Yeah. If you took every person in the United States and move them to Alaska, you could give them each one acre of land. Wow. So if you take, then the United States will be empty. Mm -hmm. So it's not that's too many people on this ball of mud called Earth. No, it's mismanagement of resources. Look at the, the reaches, 12 time zones of Russia. Yeah. There is hardly anybody out there. One time zone in China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's just crazy. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. No, there. Um, 
this is something that the computer industry needs to wrap their head around or we are going to face some really serious problems especially because of the military thinking is totally different than the civilian thinking. You cannot control the military. They're off on their own now. They are answering to none. The secret space program is a definite proof of that. They have $20 trillion worth of money that they built that thing with, and uh, there's nothing that can stop them. They are going along. Then the, look at it. Agenda 21 explained that uh, the elite now, they want the population of Earth to be down to $500,000, $500,000, 500,000 people by the, now they raised it to 2030. Uh, that's only 11 years from now. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Well, they've been doing the spraying. They've been doing all kinds of different new diseases that has failed on them. Because in ask any futurist, they will tell you that in 20, 30 years from now, well, over half the jobs in the world will be done by robots. What in the world do they need people for? Yeah. It's harder to control more people. We need to get our stuff together. When we have a window of opportunity here where we can actually do this. Hopefully the swamp can be drained to the point where we can see the bottom and root out mm. some of it. Well, I think also too, I mean, in a way, the, like with anything, this is just the, this is just another lesson in duality, in the pol polarization of our reality, because you can look at things from many different perspectives here. And just as we can look at AI as something that could eventually take us all out, we can also look at AI as a very deep blessing. It's just and it's like with weapons. OK, you can look at a knife. You can look at it as something you can cut your food with or you can look at it as something you can stab someone yeah. with. So it's all a matter of how, you know, a lot of this is based on our moral system, our value system and how we wish to um, the guidelines that we choose to live our life by. When we think about robots and I think about how, you know, they could be taking over, a, you know, the majority of our jobs. Well, to me, I think the majority of our jobs are ridiculous that humans are doing. You know, who wants to work in a manufacturing company? Who wants to, you know, do all those things where it may free up humans to do more productive work on a grander scale that is in a, in a much more evolved higher consciousness way. So we would be actually be able to do the things that really uh, fulfill us as opposed to mind numbing um, physical processes like um, standing on an assembly uh, line. Absolutely. And this is very possible. But that is up to us because the people in charge today, they don't feel and think like we do. They are into money and power and not necessarily in that order. So we have to make our mind known that this is not what we want. We want a different direction. We want robots to be working for us and doing so we can step back and we can get involved with reading philosophy and we can create new things and create inventions and have a more elevated mind mm -hmm. activity. Yeah, things that it can very well happen. Because when I think about, you know, the manual labor that many people are doing and, and just to be able to survive and pay the bills and, and feed their families, uh, 
it's exhausting work. And when you come home, you're exhausted. You don't have any time to do all of the fulfilling things that you would probably wish to do in your life. And so if we have robots to, um, or AI to do those mind numbing, physically draining jobs for us, and then Mm -hmm. give us the opportunity to actually connect with our loved ones and connect with our own self and expand our minds expand our consciousness and our abilities to do the things that we're actually capable of doing, but we're taught, we're taught to believe that we can't, it allows us to explore things in a much grander scale and in a much, much bigger way that I think would evolve our society in uh, dramatically. It would, but it requires the absence of, of something. And that's money. Well, and it's, 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 I always loved the theorized future of Star Trek um, yeah. because there is technology at work doing all these things and there's no money. There's no monetary system. Everybody has access to everything. And, you know, yeah, there are still, there, there's still jobs in work, but you don't, you're not doing those menial tasks. And if, if there is no monetary system that everyone just has, that's yeah. probably the most beautiful future you can imagine. Well, that's, yeah. And that's coming because of the, the printers. The the printers now are coming to the point where you just go down to the store and you get some of the substance, the, the resin. And you take it home and you create your own 12 set of knives sure. and forks. And stuff. You create it on your own. So this is and I believe like this is what uh, a lot of this is this is spoken about a lot within like the spiritual community of where, you know, when they talk about the new earth or 5D, this this is the kind of reality that uh, people are wanting to uh, create to to bring in to bring into this universe, basically this parallel reality. So this this idea of new earth or 5D uh, living of what we're trying to pull into this reality, the creation that, um, you know, no one has to work for like in a sense of taking out the monetary system. That's what you see when we have this idea of cryptocurrency coming in. That is one of the steps in the, in the evolutionary process of moving away from the monetary system and into, so okay, so it's digital currency, but you can't just transform something overnight. It's going to take a bit of time to, to move through the tran- like the transition. There's going to be a process here, but eventually to get it's to- It's taken the- thousand plus, it's, it's taken more than a thousand years for us to develop the monetary system. You know, when you look back at early bartering. So yeah, it's going to take probably just as long to break it down. Yeah. I think if we all agree- then we can do away with that in a very short time because people have to agree on a new system, a value system, not necessarily money, but there could be a value system. And uh, there's going to be people that, uh, you know, want to slide along on that one too, but it will show up in a different way. And uh, there are people that has worked out theories on how that could be implemented. So, I think it can be done a lot quicker than we think. I I agree with you. It could. Unfortunately, though, where the collective is in their thinking, it it would be difficult to get everyone on the same page uh, right now. Yeah, we have to agree. Yeah, and and let's just look at politics for right now. No one's agreeing on anything. So, uh, but, you know, when we talk about... um, this idea of moving into a place where, you know, you do away with the monetary system, you have a value system in place. What happens is 
that that is a much more loving frequency to to envision that kind of way of life to envision that reality that we all get to live in that's why they call it the 5d um reality the 5d earth it, and and when you have this frequency of love which in order to have that everyone has to be vibrating at that frequency or close to when everyone's vibrating at that frequency from what i've understand through my own personal journey of uh self love is that you want to do things for others because you know that it's also doing for yourself. And so this idea of work no longer has the mentality or programming idea or belief system of what work feels like. It takes on a whole new experience and it becomes something that you're motivated to want to do, but you're not sacrificing things in order to get it done. It's all part of this experience of love. I heard that if everyone took four, just worked four hours a day doing what they love to do and gave it away. Like say somebody loved to cook and someone else loved to make furniture or someone else loved to watch children. If we all just gave four hours of ourselves and shared it, there would be enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no you're right. Sort of monetary I've, heard, system. I've heard some theories like that and uh, I think they could be very workable if we all agree. And that goes down to your mm, comment. <laughs> but that goes down to your comment Augie earlier when you said we're it's a mismanagement of resources. We're all just mismanaging everything because there's no coordination, there's no collaboration, including time. <laughs> including time. Yeah. It is uh it's pathetic how it's become because we have fallen asleep. We have let government run away with things without opposing their stupid decisions. Well, part of that has been the fault of the people and, giving the government way too much power. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. You know, and I think that's where and we're in a place now where you're seeing a revolt against many different governments across, like globally across the world. And many people are now starting to realize that that has happened. They've given too much power to the government and it's time for people to take back that power. Government should be working for them. They're not supposed to be working for the government. And we've now, we're, we're now living in a world where that's reversed. So we have to take back our sovereignty And this is all part of like, you know, like that's just a, you know, that's a macrocosm compared to on a personal level of the microcosm of giving away our own sovereignty. So it's all part of this, this lesson, Mm. everything is so connected and can be seen on a much bigger projection through our own selves of what we see out in the world right now. And I, I can tell when you look at the news um, or what's happening globally and you, you you know and that's across many different platforms that you start to see that there's a huge revolt happening people are starting to really wake up to what's going on and and that we're kind of in that point where if we don't do something now we're going to be going into um, irreversible change or change that's going to be so hard yeah. to come back from yeah. and that's that's where we, we talk about the challenges and the problems with AI and the, the related areas, but we also should concentrate on the advantages. Mm-hmm. Because if we brainstorm, if we the people get together in one super uh, mastermind, we can change reality on this ball of mud in the first place. Think of all the things, good things that can come from 
this kind of computer technology. I mean, we have surgeons now that is computers mm -hmm. that can actually start. They remove organ and they can just implant organ and there's no human hands on it. As self-driving cars, they're coming. They got smart houses. You walk up to your home and you say, uh, uh, you say something. So the lock is keyed to your voice and it unsnaps the lock on for you. We have global communication. And uh, we have, there is one thing coming that is already now being created in Germany. In fact, it is for sale. And that's the uh, med bed that you get in this thing and you lay there and there's light and frequency that heals your body in a matter of a few days for diseases that you may have had. Hmm. All these things are coming and we cannot stop. We must not stop no, these we things. No, it, we got to let that continue. There are dangers involved with some of these things, but try to manage the dangers at our part. We cannot do anything about the military, but our part of it, let's try to manage the dangers there. And that is up to the computer program. And well, you said something very um, key too, is where we focus our ideas. You know, we don't, we, we, we stop focusing on everything that go wrong. Not that you don't want to have an awareness of it, because it's important that we have an awareness of it. You can't put your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist. But putting a lot of focus into yep. how do we solve the problems? What can we do? How do we work together? We had a guest on Danny, you know, Levin, he, he, he had a great idea, you know, Brian, you and him spoke about getting people just to talk about their ideas together and coming in and collaborating together and expanding upon them and really helping that grow. I think we're coming to a place now where we really need to come together and share our ideas and share the power of our thoughts and emotions together to fuel things into a higher uh, frequency or reality of this uh, proposed 5D earth that people, I mean, I'm using the term that's used in the spiritual community, but, you know, just this idea that there's no monetary system involved and there's just a value system that we all do our own work and joy because we want to and it's naturally is of service to others and ourself. Absolutely. And this can happen. Absolutely can happen. It's up to us to direct it in that way. In fact, uh, Nori and I, we are putting together a mastermind group. And uh, we're in the last stages of kind of putting it together here. So we're going to be going on the air with it shortly. And we invite people to join us there. We're going to be concentrating on anything from abundance to good health to some advantages for the uh, local communities, uh, for the nation and for the world. And they are, you can concentrating our minds in one direction, because you got to remember the definition of a mastermind is when two or more minds are united in harmony, they create a third mind that has the potential mind power of the two or more of them multiplied by each other. So if a thousand people get together and think of one thing, and direct with intention visualized thought into one area, then we have the mind power of a million minds. That is powerful. And this is what we're going to try to do. And where can people get that information? Uh, contact us. Uh, the best place to get a hold of us, we're going to be talking about it on uh, broadcastteamalpha.com. That's one of our websites. Uh, broadcastteamalpha.com and uh, go to the um, 
the contact section and uh, send us your email and we'll let you know when we open the doors on it shortly. Another website too while I'm at it here that's uh, universal-consciousness-show.com and I have a couple of books there. One of them is Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. This is where I teach people how to use their minds in ways that they normally would think would be impossible. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Augie, for being on the show. And we'll make sure to put all that information in the show notes for our listeners so you can easily find it and access it. And uh, thank you to our listeners for being back with us once again. We're so happy to have you with us every week. And Lisa and Brian, you know I always have so much love for you both. Meow. (laughs) All right, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.